If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for a van to come. Oh, friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Welcome back to Fast Forward. Now, here's a question for you. What if socks could change the world? Uh, In 2015, uh, Josh Turner posed that very question to his friends in a pub one night. And proving the answer has actually changed the course of his life. Stand for Socks was formed to be a force for good. For every pair of socks sold online, the company donates a specially engineered antibacterial pair to someone in need. Stand for Socks has now donated 70,000 pairs of socks to homeless shelters across the UK. Recently, Josh appeared on Dragon's Den in the hope of securing some funding for Stand for Socks and his athleisure socks, Stridies. He didn't receive the funding, but he got some incredible feedback and some great outcomes off the back of the broadcast. Josh, you're here with me now. Yep. Thank you for joining us. And we can't wait to hear about your experience and your business journey. And of course, the answer to the question, can socks really change the world? We hope so. We hope so. It's been a a few years, but uh, hopefully proven that slightly. Lovely. So listen, you have been an entrepreneur, I pretty much think for your whole life. You did have an entrepreneurial flair from a very young age. Um, And I think that started at your parents' house, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Well well researched. Um, Yeah, no, always been an entrepreneur. I think my mum always says I was rounding up items around the house and selling them back to them at a very young age and kind of, yeah, we, we grew up in a little village and not rounding up the kids, but getting kids from the village to put on plays through to um, when I sort of turned 12, I started buying and selling from China, um, became an eBay power seller. What um, did you buy and sell from well, China? Now, now, now it probably doesn't look as good, but uh, kind of clothing, electronics, yeah. um, say anything that kind of kids at school wanted and then yeah. when I was beyond selling it at school kind of where else I could sell it online as well and kind of grew it from there but it was I think every kind of business I've done even though with socks now is a bit odd but it's always been about the age stage I'm at so obviously club nights when I was sort of 17 and eBay when I was younger fake IDs for a little bit uh, <laughs> um, <well. laughs> I was 16 okay. um, but, no longer available folks <laughs> yeah no longer available we, we've gone full social enterprise way but um, kind of yeah all different kind of you know stuff that you know I could see a problem and, and see a way of getting it um, yeah. except you know not crossing the line I mean fake IDs may be different but not drugs or anything but yeah kind of you know sourcing and working out what people wanted and, yeah. and being able to bring it yeah yeah it's like doing something in your life and then going how can I make money out of that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It is an entrepreneurial mindset, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, when I was younger, it was probably more than just, you know, doing, you know, your standard job at Tesco's or I actually worked in a pet supply shop for about 
a year. Um, it didn't have any pets. It just had, you know, animal feed. And I was mm. carrying sacks to people's cars for £3 an hour. And I kind of realised I could didn't have to work on a Saturday morning between 9am and you know, 1 o'clock carrying yeah. food <laughs> to people's cars. Uh, so I kind of realised, you know, better ways of making money that were far more enjoyable. Um, and it wasn't always about kind of the money. It was just, I think, more about, yeah, being able to do stuff on my yeah. terms and, and just more cool. I wasn't, yeah, money kind of came with it eventually but yeah yeah I think probably a lot of learning in terms of those earlier uh, e-commerce uh, days to cut your teeth yeah um so take us back to that night with your friends what were you <laughs> what were you actually doing how did it even like how did it even come up yeah Why, so socks <laughs> no, we always get this and it's a very good question I think we you know back then so you know kind of dyslexic through school didn't really kind of enjoy it went to kind of a private school where if you weren't going to be a lawyer a doctor mm. a banker uh, there wasn't much support kind of for creativity and entrepreneurship um someone said i was cast aside that sounds quite dramatic but i think it wasn't really supported um so kind of went on to university um studied business and that's kind of when i really kind of could study what i liked um obviously didn't obviously didn't enjoy the academic side i didn't enjoy yeah. it as much but kind of the marketing and things so Coming out of that, I, I did the usual, you know, applying for lots of grad schemes and companies and I joined an entrepreneur accelerator um, called New Entrepreneurs Foundation down in London, which focused on the individual, not the kind of idea. And through that program and kind of that big level thinking, I somehow stumbled upon corporate expenses as a kind of good business idea. So I was basically launching, which sounds so crazy now, a Tinder for corporate expenses. <laughs> so basically a way of, yeah, like scanning receipts with your phone and your yeah. managers being able to swipe through them and approve and disapprove them crazy. Uh -huh. So much like Concur and things now, but this was years ago. And that was kind of the business I was kind of working kind of full time on whilst working at Virgin and a few other things. And then kind of <laughs> this, this, this night with the beers, it was kind of, yeah, it came up with fed up with the kind of corporate expenses idea you know it was a good idea it, it made sense but I had no kind of interest in corporate finance I had a bit of interest in tech like you know I think any person young person back then probably did but I kind of um came out with this quote of yeah, I mean, imagine if socks you just changed the world and you know so we say one beer and then you know five six beers later that became a yeah. lot better idea <laughs> this um, sounds like a business plan <laughs> it was 10 beers we're launching <laughs> yeah and we're kind of like well you know everyone wears socks and if every single pair of socks could do a little bit of good you know why is it crazy socks could you know change the world and you know we looked at it you know how many people pairs of socks do people buy a year and uh stuff like tom shoes and the buy one give one model and happy socks and kind of all these different yeah. successful businesses and almost just merged them all together you know live strong wristbands and everything just all went into one and and came out with stand for socks which was a quite a slightly different business today probably than it was back then but yeah that was kind of how it all started really so you came out of that night and what decided to start designing socks or research socks or like where did where does the whole sock journey start from day one when you wake up, up the next day with that horrible hangover yeah yeah <laughs> um I don't know to be honest I think it was all a little bit of a blur but I think it kind of is one of those I think a lot of people you think oh, I'm gonna start a business and you know write a very basic business plan um you know the kind of old school way of doing it and you think oh I'm gonna you know we're gonna make money straight away or in two or three months time and you know it kind of went I want to say it crashed and burned but it kind of went downhill quite quickly and I think ended up on benefits and it was like housing benefit then it normal benefits and it was a job centre actually at the time that kind of pushed me almost as it seems crazy to think the job centre's not really an accelerator. But, you know, looking at my CV and kind of what I'd done, they sort of said, okay, yeah, you can go apply for another job, but you're probably not going to be happy doing this. Um, there's this thing called new, entrep new enterprise allowance where basically we'll pay you more money 
it seems crazy they're basically more money to start a business than to go get a job and we're talking sort of eight pounds you know difference a week which yeah. back then seemed a lot yeah um, but for the from the benefits point of view you times that by i don't know how many thousands or tens of thousands of people that's a lot of money to commit yeah yeah exactly and i think you know and then they obviously give you you know business support around it so i was kind of doing this like high-end you know entrepreneur accelerator in london and then i've also yeah. got the job center getting me to write business plans and, and sending me on courses but it did have to kind of give me that push to really get it started but you know i moved back from manchester back to my mum's house um and kind of for about two years i was living i was say living living at home uh, working out of my mum's shed i was allowed in the house <laughs> but uh yeah kind of building this business and I always think back then, and if I saw any friends doing similar now, I would think that I was probably quite crazy. I was like, I'm telling everyone I'm starting this sort of company. I've left, you know, a big, you know, grad scheme program. I'm going to start this sort of company. And it's like, I'm on benefits, only 50 quid a week. And they're literally like, <laughs> what is this guy doing? But, you know. And, is and this look, crazy guy walking, you know, yeah. walking down the He's going to change the world chair. with socks, but he, yeah. and I think the funniest thing, for the first 18 months, we didn't really have a sock manufacturer. <laughs> so we were building websites, learning graphic design. I was doing everything I could learn and do yeah. online myself. But, yeah, didn't actually have a sock manufacturer. Um, but but we got there eventually. But, yeah, it's So who, who has come up with the design for the socks? So... Or where did it come from? Well, today, all the socks still done by me. Yeah. Um, but that's not for a reason. That I'm, and I love to tell a girlfriend that I'm a fashion designer. Um, she, she hates it. <laughs> but uh, but it's only, uh, you know, based on the, you know, I can't, well, couldn't afford and, and still probably can't afford to pay proper fashion designers and stylists. So, yeah. you know, our socks are made to stand out and be bright and bold. So, and I always like fun, colourful socks. So it's very much I self-taught myself, um, you know, illustrator and, yeah. and kind of design socks based off that. More recently now, we're getting into a lot more complicated designs. We've got some around the Euros this summer coming out with Harry Kane and Gav Southgate on, or Gav Southtoe, should I say, on it. Um, <laughs> and we're doing, like, Dash Hound ones. And yeah. we're kind of now starting to, like, talk to some design students to kind of give them, you know, add to their portfolio. And yeah. the designs that they do are ten times better than whatever I can do. But, yeah, it's always been like that. Nice. Um, so you... Eventually got to create the perfect pair and you managed to find a sock man manufacturer. What happened after that? Yeah, so eventually got a sock manufacturer that would kind of take a punt on us um, after many kind of no's. I think it's an, an odd industry um, that, you know, the minimum orders are really high. Um, not many people start a company straight in socks. It's kind of a big fashion brands add socks onto their range. So going and talking to these very big factories about making a sock brand and they're like, well, who are you from? Are you from Topshop or this company? And like, no, I'm Stanford Socks. And they're like, who's that? And I'm like, exactly. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't got any socks. Um, you'll know us. <laughs> yeah, you'll know us soon. But yeah, so we kind of, you know, got, you know, in a great relationship there and supply chain we've built, but we've kind of been able to kind of scale it from there. And, and you know, over the years, it's, it's pivoted a lot. You know, we originally were like, oh, we're going to be all retail. We're going to be in John Lewis. We're going to do all this stuff. And you know, now today we're you know very much focused on direct to consumer ecom. Um, that model works because of the buy one give one. You know, we're giving a pair away for everyone we're selling. The quality and the ethics we're making them with, it doesn't work for retail. Um, yeah. But direct to consumer, that kind of part of the margin can can be absorbed. Um, and then we do a lot of B two B. So we sell socks to big companies like Facebook and Accenture and many others for kind of corporate gifting and staff. Um, so we've kind of, I think, found off, found off feet. There's going to be a lot of sock pants. But, you know, we've kind of learned everything. that We've tried so much. We've done big trade shows. It didn't work. We've, um, yeah, just done pop-ups. We've done yeah. all sorts, um, big and small, and kind of found our feet, as it were. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm really kind of scaling now. But it's, you know, been a five-year journey now. And the last 12 months, it's been insane growth. So um, 
the conferences. Can we talk about that? Because I have had sock nightmare experiences at conferences recently. And I've noticed this, that it seems to be the latest thing that tech companies want to give you at conferences, but they want to give you, or give me anyway, and I suppose it's because they've got like 2,000 pairs of them, like big, ugly, you know, very masculine, um, oversized, the way too big for my feet kind of socks. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with these? Like, I've got like, well, I just end up putting them into the charity shop because I'm like, well, they're no good to me. Right? Yeah. I don't have anybody to give them to. <laughs> no, and it's and it's an odd trend. I think the B2B thing for us was, was so funny. We didn't set out that way. It's kind yeah. of a slight pivot that, that came. But um, we had, weirdly, Burberry was the first company to kind of reach out to us and say, we want some socks. And I'm like, you're a fashion brand. Why do you want socks from us? Um, and then, you know, we had a few more Lloyds Bank and a few other companies started coming to us again. And then we thought, okay. And what did they say? Like, why? Why? Uh, I think it's more probably the social enterprise side. Yeah. They wanted they had a big meeting or they had a big event and they were like, oh, we want, you know, just give socks to people. Um, you know, either the homeless or back then, you know, the United Nations Global Goals, which we were doing a lot with. Yeah. Um, so it kind of came from that. But then we set up a kind of custom sock page just on our website and a simple sort of type form, you know, questionnaire. And then the first company to fill that out was Nando's, which, you know, was one that we weren't ever going to kind of think about reaching out to, you know, if I was drawing yeah. up a list of who sales targets. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and it's so weird. I mean, even today, like we work with, you know, big tech companies. So you're completely right. Like conferences and that it's a big, you know, sock swag and everything. They can brand anything they sock can. Swag. Sock oh, swag. I love yeah. it. Love it. So when we got into like the Facebooks and those sort of companies out Silicon Valley, like yeah. it spreads, but you know, Accenture, PwC, we have a lot of, sort of you know, SME customers that I've never heard of, you know, buying socks from us for all sorts. I mean, big, you know, conferences for staff. Um, I think for us, it's more, we see, you know, the branded pens, notebooks, you know, everyone's kind of done that. Whereas branded socks is an item that if you're trying to, you know, get a prospect's attention is yeah. like something actually they need, but they're actually going to, the emotional connection is going to be for longer rather than a branded cupcake that for five minutes, you know, yeah. they can remember who you were and then feel a bit guilty. Or, but it's the social value side of it. It's such a huge part of business now. Everyone's driving towards it. Public sector is driving the, the whole supply chain towards it. Um, you know, and all of the kind of inclusive um, growth um, that's happening around the UK, it's definitely top on the, the agenda. So, yeah, it's nice yeah. to know that if you did get, you know, a pair of uh, poo emoji socks, which I would absolutely <laughs> love, um, you know, that you know that actually a pair is going to somebody who need, is in need as well and that that company's had a part to play in Exactly. It. And I think, you know, companies are just looking at their impact in, in every part of society and, you know, increasingly, yeah, the one for one for homeless, you know, resonates, but also the quali quality and the ethics of ours. Yeah. Um, you know, our, we always say our average pair lasts for 24 months. So say, you know, the cupcake or the bottle of wine yeah. that companies might have done originally. Sustainability then. Yeah, it's yeah. far more emotional connection, you know, and, yeah. um, and feel impact. Good. You feel yeah. good putting on your socks. Every every step of the way. And so is that where the tech comes in for you? Because obviously socks aren't, well, they can be obviously technically technically designed. And I'm sure there's a lot of technology that will go into that as your, your brand evolves. But, you know, right now in terms of reaching those types of big brands, they're obviously finding you, you know, so they're, you know, is that where the technology comes in on your side? Yeah, I think for us, I mean, obviously e-com, um, you know, direct to consumer with various sort of you know, techs and platforms that we're using, but... Yeah, everything's inbound for us and, you know, we're a team of two. Um, and, you know, if you look at, the, like, the size of us businesses, it's quite crazy for, for sort of two people. Um, but, yeah, email, email, email's email. But, yeah, it's kind of how people can find us, SEO, yeah. digital marketing, email marketing. It's all so powerful for both the B2B, B2C side. In terms of technology, though, I mean, obviously, with Stridey's, our new brand that's just launched, like, 
the most comfortable socks in the world, so self-proclaimed. <laughs> but you know, we've we've used that five years of kind of sock expertise for a twenty-eight-year-old. I know far too much about how socks are made, <laughs> but we've kind of leveraged that into socks. So we've got a number of unique features across all of our socks that greatly enhance the kind of comfort. You know, an average person wears socks for sixteen hours a day. Uh, it's one of the very few items you know you start and end your day with, but most people it's a bit of an afterthought you know mm. we're just oh, it's a pair of socks you know to put, throw them away and uh, get another pair but yeah we've kind of really tried to kind of challenge that in terms of the how we can make socks last longer and how we can enhance the comfort for the person because ultimately for us to donate a lot of socks we need to obviously sell a lot of socks and sell them we need to make the best socks in the world yeah well it sounds like you're on your way um but the ethical piece you know mm-hmm. um where did it come from why was it so important for you to build an ethically focused business it's a bit of a pivot from all your selling fake ids <laughs> yeah so, is it your, are you trying to get into heaven <laughs> is that what's yeah i don't know it's an odd one i think we get this question a lot i think uh, you know not to, to use the kind of terms it's millennials ways of thinking but i think it was like a why not for me it was when we started the business you know we we're looking for factories and suppliers it was not a case of let's find one that's like the most expensive sock we can make you know which has the best ethics it was like well why wouldn't we do that you know why mm. we wouldn't go to let's say china and and you know make them as cheap as we physically can and sell them for the highest price like we're like we're going to make a great product we're trying to build a long-term great business here and disrupt a market that's yes been around for years and years so yeah it was kind of like just a it wasn't a conscious decision it was a almost an unconscious why wouldn't we in that sense yeah um in terms of the one for one i mean yeah we started you know what it starts to change the world how do you change the world with socks? It was, you know, how do, that was that was day one, uh, Googling that. And, you know, we kind of looked at, you know, United Nations Global Goals. When we launched in 2015, there was eight of them. And we basically were saying, well, we can use socks like Livestrong wristbands to, like, raise awareness of these important causes and have an impact. So if you buy a pair of our, like, gender equality ones, you're saying, I stand for supporting gender equality. Yeah. And I've helped uh, support a safe house in Ethiopia or I vaccinated kids against measles in Bangladesh and I'm supporting reducing child mortality. That was a great kind of like concept in terms of what we were trying to achieve. But from a business and a marketing and messaging point of view, it was very kind of complicated. And it was only when we had, I think, one flop, uh, one flop, one sock that completely flopped, basically. One design. Flop sock. What flop was that? <laughs> it was, oh, it was the one that it was basically around AIDS and HIV. And it basically the design just wasn't really thought out. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was a crazy design, basically. And basically, we, we, we were trying to kind of just clear it. We obviously, as a brand, we didn't want to just dump it or anything. Um, but no one wanted to buy it, so we actually donated those All ones to a homeless shelter, yeah. and that's when we kind of the the penny dropped. Like these homeless shelters were like, yeah, like we need socks. Like you know, the average person's walking more than you know the average av- average homeless person's walking yeah. more than the average person, but you know don't have luxury of fresh clean socks, and there's a number of very serious foot health issues from socks. And we we're kind of like, wait a minute, what? Like growing up as a kid, I'm like used socks, and at this point, I was doing fulfillment myself with a flat, you know, full to the ceilings with thousands of socks. <laughs> so I was like, it's like, this, this didn't cross my mind at all. But yeah. I think when we realised that and then we delved into it deeper and started working uh, in that space and we kind of really realised, like, we're not missing the point, but, like, oh, there's another impact. So, yeah, kind of launch one design in that space. And, you know, now today it's about 85% of, of our causes. Okay. So you've mentioned a few other causes there. How does someone buy a pair of socks that links to a specific cause or how do you decide the causes or how does it how does it all work? Yeah, so I think it's it's with the kind of startups like we started so broad. We were like, yeah. we're gonna do everything that everyone else in the market doesn't do yeah. and realised we were doing a little bit of everything, a bit of nothing. Um so we've kind of really tried to focus that in and going, Well, actually let's 
you know, let's look at homelessness and let's make a big impact on that first. And then let's look at what else we can do as, as a brand. Um, we've over the years, you know, LGBT has been massively important mm-hmm. to us. So a lot of our range is focused on raising awareness of that and supporting um, that that movement as well as through homeless socks. In the future, now we're we're starting to look at United Nations Global Goals again, to kind of full circle back yeah. to kind of where we started. So they've got a lot more goals now. Well, a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. There was eight when we started, 17 and then months. seventeen two months after we launched with eight. So that was nice, nice <laughs> of the UN. We, we thought it wasn't coming for a year, um, but yeah, there's a lot more understanding there, and there's also as we've grown as a business, there's a lot more kind of doors open to us, you know, with partnerships and connections with like with the United Nations that we didn't have as a as a person in a shed in 2015. Yeah. So. It's kind of interesting how yeah we're kind of revisiting things that we we started with initially but weren't able to do yeah the different lens um so let's get on to the big news um you were the christmas episode of dragon's den um must have been an incredible uh experience but what prompted you to go on it um and what were you hoping for yeah so i mean fantastic kind of opportunity you know, from a young age, you know, Richard Branson, you know, Dragon's Den, a lot of these things probably were quite you know, inspiring to me. And, you know, it's kind of great to kind of eventually go full circle and go on something like that. Um, you know, they they reached out uh, for the year before we went on, I assume based on some awards we, we were part of, um, shortlisted for. And uh, yeah, we kind of didn't really feel it was the right time for us. I didn't, wasn't too sure of like how... You know, you hear all different stories of good and bad, and we didn't really know the impact we have on our business, and so we weren't sure. But then the second year, we were kind of like, you know, what we've we got to lose, and let's go for it. It's a you know a great opportunity. There's you know the dragons are there for a reason in terms of their experience and what they've built. I think we very much wanted Nick Jenkins, but he wasn't part of it anymore. You know, in terms of <laughs> obviously, yeah, Come well, in back, terms Nick, of or e- if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, like e- e-com and obviously like gifting is a big part of our market. So mm-hmm. you know, he would kind of be the perfect dragon for us. Um, but we thought, you know, what have you got to lose? Let's still go for it anyway. Um, and, you know, it was a fantastic experience and, you know, fantastic exposure, obviously, off the back of it. Um, and some really good feedback, you know, in, in the den as well. So um, Yeah, tell us about that. And you did have some positive outcomes. You didn't get the cash, but you did actually get some, there were some yeah. positives straight off the back of it. Yeah, I think it's a hard one because I think, you know, there's you've got challenges in terms of what your valuation is um, and what their valuation is. Um, but, you know, I think overall, you know, from the amount of time we were in there, obviously then cut down to the edit. But I think, you know, there's really, I've, I was surprised watching because I watch it obviously at the same time as everyone else. And I knew what happened. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the comments. And we've all seen the car crashes. Yeah, exactly. They love a good car you, crash on Dragon's Den. Yeah. And I was kind of very worried because you know, I've built a company quite slowly and properly, you know, the right way. And I was like, this is going to like you know, just not destroy our business, but this could be bad. And, and obviously, you know, the edit was then completely opposite. You know, they really focused on, you know, the buy one, give one. And obviously our business is a good model and some really positive comments from, you know, I think all the dragons actually in the end about me and our journey from, you know, benefits to building the company and where we're trying to go. Um, it was always a bit of a shame, I think, that they kind of missed, I think the dragons, you know, there's only so much you can kind of get into the, yeah. the pitch in there. But they kind of, I think, didn't, get the big kind of picture in terms of our the b2b yeah part of our socks so a lot of things you know we wanted to kind of talk about you know in that period they they did they did talk about but i think yeah kind of our b2b part which you know was a lot big part of our business we actually had our socks behind our display waiting for them to kind of be like you know ask us about it and we could bring out you know the facebook socks yeah. and these big companies we're talking <laughs> about. yeah because we i mean obviously the, the main kind of pushback they had i think was was cash flow and numbers mm. you know as dyslexic going in there 
um, it was quite difficult to be able to like remember all those numbers. I think everyone, you know, struggles anyway, yeah. let alone being dyslexic. So I think that was a shame, but it was like there was such a bigger picture part of our business that yeah. just kind of not got ignored, but just didn't kind of get the attention it probably should have because that I think would have asked a lot of their queries. But overall, you know, we definitely do it again. It was a great experience and uh, yeah, great exposure obviously off the back of it as well. Yeah. Did you change the business or shape it in any way differently since that episode? Was there any feedback that you were like, yeah, we think we're going to take that back and, and adopt that into the business plan or? Not really, no. I think um, it's weird because obviously the time between filming it and it airing, mm. you know, was, was a certain amount of time. So the business was on the cusp of changing quite a lot. And I think that's one of the things the Dragons almost had an issue with was our forecast was you know, four times what, what we were doing at the at the time. But, oh, did they challenge that for being... Oh, massively. And, 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 you know, from where they were sitting, I 100% understand why, but we had all this B2B stuff and all these mm. kind of contracts and stuff that were just about to land and they didn't, you know, pick up on that, unfortunately. And I, did, I didn't probably argue that point strongly enough as I should have. Um, but It's yeah. hard when you don't have the evidence, though, when you're like, but we are going to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we've heard this. Exactly, know. yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, I completely get from where they're coming from. Um, but, you know, the, yeah, the, the business was on the cusp of, of changing, um, you know, been going for five years by the time we went in and, yeah, we were just like, Got our like chickens in line, as it were, you know, ducks in line, not chickens. Um, <laughs> to kind of for the foundation of the business to kind of yeah. scale, and then that's that strategy still worked. And you know, where we are today is you know, yeah. even it's more than the forecast we were saying on there, and even I'm blown away by it. And I the one obviously confidently saying those numbers. Yeah. Can we now say it? Nah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, well, I think we were. I think, is that the professional? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think we, we're, you know, now this tra- year yeah. on course for half a million, which they thought was unbelievable, as in un- unachievable yeah. based on the amount of cash we had in the bank, our cost per acquisition, you know, various yeah. other stuff. But, you know, confidently we are there as, the, as, we, as we thought we would be. Amazing. Um, um, now, you mentioned there um, the reason that Dragon's Den got in touch with you was because of um, awards that you had entered and you were getting sort of raising your profile. And we've, Covered that a few weeks ago about the power of personal brand um, with Nikki Scrivener at Forte PR. Um, that exposure awards, um, Dragon's Den, you know, we all do a lot of this work all the time. Being on this podcast, you know, speaking at events, that exposure, it definitely helps, right? Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, a hard thing, I think. <laughs> you know, when you're starting out, we really wanted to do more of this sort of stuff. But, you know... You can't get, you know, slots talking at conferences or newspapers, you know, want to write about you. Mm. Oddly, the more successful or bigger you get, the more authority you almost have in some of these spaces, especially for us in the social enterprise space. So more opportunities. But, yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, we had a a Vodafone advert um, we did with them in the Telegraph only last year, um, which I don't know where they they found me and where they got, but they just reached out directly about it and... Um, last week we were in Amsterdam with Adyen, um, the, the global payments company at their headquarters and pitching and hanging out with their founders who are yeah. you know, practically billionaires. Um, but that's all come that's from... That's cool. Yeah, I mean, bonkers. But yeah, but the, how do they find you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I need to ask these people. But <laughs> I think... I think What it, is working? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like SEO and everything else. I think we've been going for so long. Mm. We've been consistently almost doing and pushing the same agenda yeah. um, and and being recognised for it yeah exactly and opportunities it's kind of um, a spiral you know opportunity leads to other opportunities which open others and you know Dragon's Den is a prime example of that you know they found us from what we'd been doing and that's now opened up loads more doors now today um, and you know there'll be more doors in the future hopefully yeah. Um, so yeah 
Yeah, Adrian's uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, one of those lesser known businesses you'd never know the name, but you're using it every day. It's an yeah, incredible li- technology. Literally, no idea when they when they send an email out saying, "Do you want to join our social accelerator in Europe?" There's you know, ten social enterprises, and we'll fly you to Amsterdam. And I'm like, "Yep, this is a fraud email." <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so bad, and then yeah, then you Google them, you're like, "Oh, they're like the biggest payment processing company in the world." And and they're also just, yeah, like so fantastic. Like we went into it, you know, oh yeah, no, and I'm one of these corporate accelerator programs and, you know, give them their due. It was the first one they've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just fantastic. Like all the senior people, so passionate and authentic about it. And the founders, you know, right involved from it. Um, and, you know, yeah, they say they're one of the biggest yeah. <laughs> tech companies in Europe today. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah, Uber's payment platform. Exactly. Um, so, um what, like, are you going to be raising money next? Like, is that the plan? You know, was the kind of the dragon's den kind of like a, you know, a line in the sand to say, right, okay, we're going to be raising, you know, did you learn anything from that experience that would help you with that next round? Yeah, so we've had an interesting journey. I think, you know, fully bootstrapped the business today, yeah. um, still today. Um, and I've, I'm glad we have. Or you've raised it from customers. Yeah, you know, exactly. You're raising, but you're raising it from sales. Yeah, and I'm, you know, a year and a bit in, we, we had an offer of, or a couple of offers of investment and, Today, I'm now so happy we didn't take them because also the strategy we were probably pursuing then, we would have scaled that and failed. So we wouldn't probably be around today if we had done that, as well as obviously giving away quite a large amount of equity back then. Um, it was really interesting. I mean, li- literally, this is last Friday. I was with with the CTO of Adyen, who's the co-founder. Yeah. He's, I don't know what he's worth, but, you know, oh, well, well over a That's billion. A word. Yeah, <laughs> and literally having a beer with him. And he's the most humble and down-to-earth guy and chatting about investment because... Adyen's really interesting with their investment story, which I think kind of relates to us, but they basically didn't go raise the VC, you know, Silicon Valley hype money. They built a company, they'd already exited one company before, but they built a company with six, 10 people, built big customers, went after Groupon, I think was their first customer, um, became their payment processor and just kind of scaled it from there. They did eventually raise money, but they were a profitable company when they did. Um, And, you know, the terms he was sort of saying to me but you know no preferential shares you know everyone has common shares and they kind of dictated the terms and who they allowed to almost invest uh the ipo last year but so he was sort of saying to me he's like if you're a profitable company and you think you're going to do the turnover you're going to do this year and the growth next year without raising money like why would you he's like yeah you don't don't buy into the hype that you know you need to raise money um i think we will raise money one day but i think we're in a really fortunate position although (laughs) having taken five six years to get here um, of building a solid company that can now scale and um, but yeah, you're building exciting. a sustainable business in so many ways. We are we're trying to, yeah. yeah. No, you are. Um, so the whole startup journey, whether it's from you know when you were twelve or even just this five six years, you must have had some. You know, it's there. It's a roller coaster. Um, yeah. You know, what would be your high points? What would be your low points on that? Oh, you good know? question. I think. Um, it's hard because I think the low points you don't realise until years later, almost. Yeah. So being in my mum's shed, I was as happy as Larry. <laughs> like, <laughs> you I'd, were building a company. You I were... was building a company, yeah. It was yeah. all exciting. Like, But now I look back at it, I'm like, literally, what was I doing? You know, your benefits and the kind of the lifestyle I had was like a recluse. And it was kind of like, oh, that was a low point. But I didn't realise at the time because I was mm. happy doing it. Um, and I think, you know, work stupid hours today, you know, evenings weekends a very understanding girlfriend which is she lucky. is very understanding isn't she <laughs> she is she is she's great um but you know i'm kind of like fortunate i, I love what i do yeah so i never see low points too much 
And also, but then it's also not getting carried away with the high points. I think, you know, stuff like Dragon's Den and like hanging out with Adyen for a week, like in their offices is like all cool and that's like hypes, but or some of the big contracts we've managed to do, but it's all part of the journey. And I think we've got a massive vision, you know, changing the world with socks and many other yeah. products, you know, we want to do. So we're only kind of just getting started and we've got huge, huge ambitions. So yeah, it's uh, high points, all like steps on the journey and setbacks are all part of it as well. But I remember there's some advice I got ages ago about being an emotionless cockroach, <laughs> which probably how, how a girlfriend would, would describe me. But no, it's kind of like, you know, not being able to kind of withstand, you know, a cockroach can withstand, you know, the most yeah. extreme, you know, nuclear um, things. So you kind of like don't let things shake you, don't get carried away when things yeah. are going so well. Keep your feet in the grind. Exactly. Yeah. And, and don't set, your beat yourself up too much if things aren't going right. Feet on the grind. You like that Keep one? Feet on the ground, yeah. <laughs> Keep working your socks off. I know there's another one's going to come out. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so many. Okay, I hope you've got a whole range of socks just about, like, the sock cliches. Oh, yeah. we literally have, like, a, documents on it. Uh, so when we're doing any press releases or copy for social media, we've got every sock fan. Even to be honest with Jan's What's your favourite one? Uh, it's like working our socks off. Yeah. Or, like, with clients, we're like, oh, we're going to knock their socks off. Um yeah. Oh, so many. Oh. Like, literally, Dragon's Den had me for half an hour before we went in, just reeling them off, just for that little <laughs> what sound bites. What about that one? What about yeah. that one? <laughs> I don't think they were surprised at how many we actually had. <laughs> um, well, I could spend the next hour talking to you about sock cliches, but probably of more value to the listeners would be some words of wisdom from you on your sort of top tips. And we always like to finish on some advice that um, entrepreneurs um, can take and maybe apply to help sort of start or grow uh, you know, their business and, and importantly, ethical businesses. Yep. Um, so what would be your kind of key pieces of advice? Mm, good question. I think it's hard because I think advice I'd give when I was starting out, I didn't listen. So, you know, I'm fully aware of, you know, A-B testing, the mum test and all these sort of things. And I tell friends and I tell other businesses about it all the time, but we didn't do it ourselves. <laughs> so it's kind of like advice that I give to people, but I don't listen to. And Why did you not do it? I think you knew about it at the time. Yeah, and yeah. I think you know, like we definitely should have launched a little, you know, makers market market stand and tested out our proposition. It took us a good eighteen months to realize what we were trying to build was so complicated. Like people didn't realize, oh, you can buy these socks and they support this cause, but you buy this one, it supports that. And they're like, I was just buying some socks for a gift. Like, yeah. what's just I don't happened care. here? <laughs> yeah, they're, well, they're like, I care about yeah. the cause, but they're yeah. like, I want to support that cause, but I like this design, and you won't let me cross them. And we're like. Yeah. Until we got face-to-face with customers, we kind of realised that. So I think definitely kind of, you know, the whole moving fast and, and changing things. I think, you know, we're launching well, launching a new brand now, but we're launching a number of very niche products in our market this year and new business models within socks, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> but, you know, we've now learned that we need to kind of do that quickly and cheaply. I think actually the best advice that literally only got last week is from, from Adyen about... Um, basically building for now but designing for 20 times bigger in terms of like how they've built their company they build for what customers want now and thinking about what customers might want in the future especially with with the industry they're in but basically it's all about how you can like 10x your business without 10xing like if we 10x today our company like in terms of revenue and impact Mm. we'd need 10x the amount of staff and you know we're kind of looking at how we can automate and cut down our efficiency um increase our efficiency and and r- lack of resources which are very tight always with us but be able to grow still yeah. um and there's a, like a number of things we're kind of looking at that have never been on our agenda before but i've kind of changed for that nice so i think that's my yeah main advice and just it worked work great <laughs> and i love that it's so recent out. i love that you're still learning 
Oh, know? massively. And you, it sounds like you've got, you know, quite a way to go, but I have no doubt that socks are going to change the world. And thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing your story and all your recent experiences. It just sounds like you are on a cr- incredible path at the minute. Can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you, yeah. Um, so for anyone that's out there that's thinking about, you know, wanting to build a purpose-led um, business, uh, e-commerce, thinking about how they can change the world, maybe there'll be a stand for pants out there or a stand for something, something like that. But I hope um, Josh's advice has given you a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Present.